0: To Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right, so we're going to go through this month. uh, Last month, we did Wisdom for Living and all the things that you can use to plan for your life and all that. This month, we're doing some theological series. So we're going to go through the scriptures patiently so you know what that means you have to follow. And I want to talk about Mastering Satan's Deception. Mastering Satan's deception. And it's very important we understand what Jesus did on the cross. What did Jesus really achieve on the cross? Because if we're not careful, Christianity becomes just another religion. So uh, this person is a Muslim, this one is a Buddhist, this one is a. you know, an African traditional worshipper, I'm a Christian. And that's all there is to our Christianity. And what we, what we do when you have that mindset towards Christianity is you're just trying to tick the boxes, okay? So I paid my tithe this month. I went to church at least two times. You know, it's like when... Those two people were praying in the temple. And one of them said, well, I paid my tithe. I don't do this. I don't do that. And you just tick all the religious boxes. And if you grew up in a Christian home, you know what to do. You know to tick all the religious boxes. And Christianity is not life. It's, it's not a life. It's, it's almost like it's one of the things. And that's why certain times, certain things in our faith can be optional for us. Because we just feel, yeah, it's one of those things. So, that's on one side. On the second side, we have grown up in a society, and I explained it to you, how sometimes culture comes into the scriptures, and if you're not careful, you're not able to separate culture from scripture, and it's very important. Now, what we have, um, and I've shown you that history before, we had a time where there was a dominance of the English culture in religion, you know, um, United Kingdom, Wales, Scotland, and all that, and there was a time where there was that shift to Rome, You know, we had a strong Roman influence in the in the in the in the church, and and currently what we find is that there's a lot of African influence in the church, and this has even been exported out, and so there are certain doctrines and certain things that are taught not because of how the scripture says it, but because of our experiences and our upbringing, and so um, certain teachings began to come out of the scriptures based on you know a lot of African magic. Uh, movies that both pastors have also consumed so they needed to find teachings to suit that and what you find out from the scriptures is that it's completely different from what the bible paints i've done a series a four-part series on overcoming the devil it's something you need to go and listen to if you don't have that background into what we're saying we must understand that when jesus came and he went on the cross something was accomplished for the child of God. A major event took place in redemption. Something actually happened when Jesus went on the cross. And what Jesus did on the cross, very importantly, was to strip Satan of its power. Satan does not have any power. That is fundamental. But you say, yeah, but what about all these things that are happening? We're going to see why they happen. If Satan still has power, then why did Jesus come? If we cannot overcome Satan, then why did Jesus come? What authority do we have on the earth to exercise over the forces of wickedness if they their powers were not taken from them. So, we are almost being raised in a church where it's almost like God and the devil are, you know, on this side. Right? So, um, is it opposite and, what's that? Opposite and what? What's? Words. Words and opposite, right? Yeah. Right? So, you have, you know, black, red, this, that, God, Satan. And that's an insult. It, it, it's actually an insult. And that's why you see that our testimonies are not testimonies until Satan is the backdrop with which we it. Say, so, you know, praise the Lord. Satan was holding my neck. You know, he was holding my neck. Satan said, I will not breathe. I say, no, no. I'm a child of God. I will breathe. And I breathe. Thank you, Jesus. So you, you realize that our Christianity is, is, not, is not effectual until the powers of Satan... Um, is brought to force. So the, the, the strength of God is always tested against the backdrop of the, of the, of the walk of Satan. And it's faulty. It's not only faulty, it's insulting. Not only is it insulting, it is demeaning on God. And so we have to pray at midnight because that's when witches fly. And then when we pray, we have to do things. And, and before you realize, we are almost becoming uh, traditional worshippers again. And you will hear statements such as, you don't even know what pe- wicked people are doing. Do you know the sacrifice wicked people do so that they will become rich? Even you as a Christian, you must also do the same sacrifice. No. We are not in competition with ritualists. Of how much sacrifice needs to be done. There is a sacrifice that has been done for the child of God. That all the child of God needs to do is to believe. Say amen. Amen. Because what is happening now is we are returning back to what God saved us from. We are entangling ourselves again with the yoke of bondage. And so truth that should be liberating becomes binding. So something is wrong with your life. The first thing you are tracing is generational cost. You are not asking your mother, when you gave birth to me, what happened? Did something fly around? I mean, your mother is tired of your stories. Just say, I think a bird flew. Say, ah, I knew it. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 15 Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 15 i pray i can finish but come with me Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him what should you do walk in him so Christ Jesus is not just a person who came into your life is an expression of a life that you can walk in then he says having been firmly rooted and now been built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude Look at it. See to it. Ensure that no one takes you captive. Pay attention to that word. No one takes you captive through philosophy. Pay attention to that. That's very important. That means a man can be taken captive by philosophy. Okay. That no man takes you captive by philosophy and empty deception. Pay attention to those two words. According to the tradition of men according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than according to Christ. So he mentions three things there. He mentions captivity can come through three ways. Number one, the philosophy and the empty deception according to the tradition of men. And the Bible says, you make the word of God of no effect by your tradition. All right, let's read on. That's even where I'm going. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. Pay attention to that. The Bible says, In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and in him you are complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. Now, if he is the head and you are complete in him, what position does that put you? It puts you as the one who has got authority. The, the believer is not a victim. He can never be a victim. The child of God is never a victim. Now go on. Verse 12, uh, verse 11. And in him you were all circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working. And I'll tell you, this is not water baptism. Right? This is our identification with Christ. And we need to emphasize that. We need to emphasize that. This is our identification with Christ in and through the work of the cross. Now, verse 13. This is where we're going. When you were dead in your transgression and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Verse 14. Having cancelled out the certificate of death now what is this certificate of death what was paul referring to here paul was referring to uh, the 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 whole episode of adam when man fell under the justice system of god we were sinners doomed for hell had no eternal life in us and a price had to be paid the claims of justice demanded that blood had to be shed for us to come into redemption. That was the debt we owed. The wrath of God was upon the human race. You see, we must not take lightly what Jesus had done for us on the cross. We must not crucify the the Son of God afresh because of our traditions. Christianity for us must not just become another religion. It's something that costed the blood of his Son. The whole of heaven stood still at the cross so we can become new creatures in Christ Jesus. So he says, having canceled the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. How did he take it out of the way? He nailed it to the cross. He nailed it to the cross. Now look at this. Verse 15. When he had disarmed, the rulers and authorities what does it mean to disarm talk to me what does what does it mean to disarm to strip off off. so we want we want to ask ourselves something is either this is true or not true is either we're just reading some pages of paper written Over 2,000 years ago, and we're just having fun with ourselves, or Jesus actually did this to Satan on the cross. Because there's too much of exaltation of the devil in our churches, and it's abominable. You don't have to pray at midnight, because that's when witches fly. You don't have that as a godly instruction and somebody say well it's a mystery it's no mystery there's only one mystery in the scriptures and that's christ in you the hope of glory that's what paul says and that mystery that was hidden in ages past the bible even says is now being revealed that christ is in you that jesus now lives in you think like that talk like that walk like that live like that You have to take out the concept of your mind that, you know, God is on the throne, sitting there, Satan is on his left hand, I don't know who is on his right hand, maybe your grandfather, and you're always feeling this distance between you and God. No, Jesus lives in you. Jesus went on the cross so he can live in you. Say amen. That's better. That's better. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them. Triumphed over them. When Jesus went on the cross, he triumphed over rulers and authorities. Satan was disarmed. Praise God. I like the word translation. He says who delivered us out of the tyrannical rule of the darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have our liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. When Jesus died, He paid the price for our freedom." He paid the price for our deliverance. He paid the price for our health. He paid the price for our preservation. The child of God doesn't need to be under the, the domain and the rule of Satan. You don't even need to sin. Because he's giving you authority over sin. And I'll tell you this. Whatever sin you commit, you are it's something you want to do. Yes. Those say, it's hey, my weakness. I have tried. Mm-mm. The day you stand up and say, This is the last, it don't happen again. Because, Jesus, because God even told Cain, He says, Sin is standing at your door. What did He say? He says, Master it. That's the Old Testament, even when Jesus had not died. And James tells us that every sin we commit comes from our lust. And when that loss comes, when uh, uh, that desire comes, there's nothing you want to do right now that Satan is making you do. Is what you want to do. Say Amen. amen. Is this Satan that removed your belt? We just make Satan look so powerful. We are just powerless. I, know. I don't No, 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 no. Why are you taking depressing thoughts? You chose to take those thoughts. When those thoughts of depression are coming, you as well have the authority to say in the name of Jesus, God has done great things for me and I choose gratitude. You are not as weak as you portray yourself to be. If not, the blood of Jesus was wasted. Satan can't just take your life. We don't know when anybody dies. Death will just come any day. Why? It's an appointment. and don't keep it. You can choose not to keep an appointment. Why? Because with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. You have more authority than you thought. For as you have spoken to my ears, so shall I do unto you. I place before you life and death. What did he tell you to choose? Choose life. Don't make it look like you cannot choose life. You can. Are you still here? Six things in that verse that Paul points out to us. Number one, we were legally condemned. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We were legally condemned. When Adam sold out, we were legally condemned. You know, and it breaks my heart when I see Christians being raised as victims. Just, just, (sighs) oh boy, so sad. Never matured. You're waiting for a prophet to tell you what's going to happen in your future. Are you quarreling with God? He says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you God's sheep? Why aren't you hearing his voice? But the same person who is waiting for a prophet to tell them that future can always hear this, as what Satan is telling them. Satan just telling me. The devil was just, just speaking. How come you are closer to God, to the devil, than you are to God? How come you can hear the devil clearly when he told you you were going to die and you couldn't hear God when he said you were going to live? Whose child are you really? Ah, something just telling me I will die. Something is just telling me I will die. Why is something not telling you you will live? You don't hear that one we have developed perfection in hearing satan and have shut our ears to the voice of god and you know why it's because of the doctrines we fed ourselves that have magnified satan magnified the oppressions of satan magnified the oppressions of devil magnified the oppressions of witches and wizards magnified the oppressions of occult power we've heard that long enough and our faith is built up in that Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, of course. But when you hear any other word, faith in that thing is built up. Are you still here? There is no witch on earth that can kill me. It's not a statement of faith. It's a statement of fact. If you are one, you can try it. There is, there is nothing. It's not even a prayer point. It's not something, oh, we, are, we, are pray, we are pleading the blood. We are, what, did they ask you to plead the blood? Eh, the Bible says, when you plead the blood, I shall pass over you. Read your Bible where Was this? Satan passing over or the angel of death in judgment that God was releasing over Egypt? That scripture is not for you. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing... Before you start pleading blood on Tyre, pleading blood on the, the blood of Jesus is too precious. If your Tyre is bad, buy a new one. Stop wasting eternal things out of sp- um, spiritual foolishness. You were never instructed to plead the blood. Listen to me. You were never instructed. There is no New Testament scripture where the blood had to be pleaded, the blood was for your redemption. And now because you are redeemed, your words carry power. You don't need to plead the blood. If you want to travel, you just say, I travel safely. And that's it. I'm back. Number two. The death was nailed on the cross. God took the long list, the record of saints, and put it in the hands of Christ. And nailed it to the cross. So there is no legal right for Satan to oppress us anymore. The debt has been paid. It's like you're owing someone, right? And somebody comes and says, hey, how much are you owing that person? And says, 500,000 naira. And say, I've paid it. If that person comes again and wants to hold you, what would you say? Your confidence should be high if you are sure the debt has been paid. If we are sure Christ actually nailed our debt to the cross, our confidence should be high. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you know what's happening to us in Christianity again? We are going back to fear-based Christianity. Yeah. And it's simple. We bring out food now and say, "Let's eat." There's some of you that will not eat. Because you think even me, I want to kill you. <laughs> yeah, you don't even trust me. Ah, Let's eat together. I will take it at home. Take it at home. (laughs) She That's our one church in our They just finished eating the woman's stomach. You are afraid of me. You won't eat food that I gave you. He said, no, pastor, I trust you. It's the people, because Judas was among the 12. You see, there are, there, are, there are 12 disciples. The one you always remember is Judas. You don't remember Peter? You don't remember John? You don't remember all the ones that did good things? It's the one that killed somebody that you always remember. Is something all wrong. Every time you think of Jesus' disciples, Judas is the one that comes to mind. That's your mentor. Why? Because we've been wrongly taught. At least, if there was one person who betrayed out of the twelve, why don't we focus on the eleven who changed their world? Why don't we focus on the eleven when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, three thousand came to Christ. The Bible says, the people who have turned the world upside down have come. Why don't we think of them in that light? Why do you always think of the one who sold Jesus? Because our lens is a negative. And you know why? That's the work of Satan. Because he says, if he transforms himself into an angel of light, that even the very elect will be deceived. Deception is Satan's weapon. It doesn't have power. Never had. I don't think he was a choir master in heaven. Throw that nonsense away. And he was a choir master in heaven he now wanted to, to take God's throne and then they began to fight you know of the light there's trouble, there's a coup show that Jesus said he was a liar from the beginning you want to say he was a liar after he was a choir master I know there are questions in your mind and I, I'm doing it very deliberately so you can read your bible again are you hearing this number three debts were canceled verse 14 makes it explicit that the nailing of the record of our debt to the cross the cancelling the record of our debts number four the record was set aside this he set aside paul says this is set aside in fact these six things are things we need to explore you know as we teach on but that's not where i'm going five says he forgave us Then he makes it explicit that the effect of our sins being nailed and the record of our death being taken away is that we are forgiven. We are forgiven. You see, the forgiveness that Christ gives to us empowers us. It wasn't just, listen, it wasn't just forgiving us so we can go to heaven. He was forgiving us for us to have authority on the earth. The authority that Adam sold and the authority that Adam lost. Praise God. We need matured believers we need believers who know who they are in christ and i'm not just talking about believers who say i know who i am in christ and i'm doing all kinds of crazy things who know who they are and are walking in the light of it are you hearing what i'm saying we need believers that when they tell you yes it is yes it's not yes and no no and yes yes no no yes no whose word is their bond glory to god verse six says made alive Paul says in verse 13, Therefore God made you alive together with him. Because our sins are forgiven, he makes us eternally alive. We're not dead any longer. Do you remember when the disciples of Jesus were sent out? The 70, they came back. And what did they say? They said, even the demons were subject to us. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Even the demons were subject to us. Today, if we have to cast out demons, we have to make a show of it. Hmm? We We have to interview demons so that people watching us will know we are very powerful. See, how many? When did you enter this house? 1972, October. Okay. Do you know me? No. What do you see? I see fire. Okay. And you are enjoying the show that your man of God is powerful. All of you are jokers. You know what? You don't have what to do with your time. If you were a serious person... You will not sit in a service for six hours where they are interviewing somebody who is lying. I will show you from Scripture. The Bible says the nature of Satan is lie. That means he does not have the capacity to tell you the truth. That thing you just heard is also a lie. it either you want to believe your prophet or you want to believe the Bible. It's left for you. And so we are kept in church for hours watching movies you are casting out demons. someone is vomiting you are doing it if you vomit here you will pack it (laughs) you will replace the rug and the demon will leave you and that demon will ensure the place is clean neat air freshener when you are done then we'll deliver you you can be delivered without vomiting And we have doctors here, if you have this, they can give you medicine, not for you, make you from. Me. I mean, where do we get all these things from? And all because one man wants to show he's very anointed. Listen, my role is not to show you that I'm anointed. My role is to show you that you are the son of God, that Jesus died for you, and the same authority I have, you have it also, and you can use it wherever you are. That's my function. To make sure you are matured. Not to make sure you're dependent on me. That you walk in what Jesus had paid the price for. Listen to me, child of God. Jesus died. It's not a fairy tale. He was nailed on the cross and he set us free to walk in redemption. We're no longer slaves to Satan. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to lack. Are you still here? You need to meditate on these things. So by the work of Jesus on the cross, we moved over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. He translated us. If more people knew who they are in Christ, they would walk in the confidence that Christ brings. How can a man curse you? How? How can a man curse you? You see, the way we live today makes the Old Testament saints will be wondering what kind of God are they serving? When Balaam was hired to curse the children of Israel, he looked at them and says, I cannot curse them. He says, I cannot. He wanted to curse them. A blessing came out. You know what he told them? He said, I know what will work. He said, curse them to sin. Deception. You see what he did? He caused them to sin. He caused them to walk out of the righteousness of God. He couldn't curse them. There are preachers who even curse today. And I wonder. Why they are cursing? Because bitter water and sweet water cannot flow out of the same stream. And there are Christians that curse. You don't like your boss. You now go and drive fasting. I'm telling you, the way God will bless that man. I think when I'm back from Port Harcourt, I'm going to teach on Romans when it says heap the coal of fire, right? Yeah, I'm going to explain that verse of scripture. Because when you read that scripture about heaping coal of fire on your neighbor, you think it's a wicked thing. It's not. So it's a very good thing. You see, that thing that makes you want to be wicked to people is what Jesus nailed to the cross. That little wickedness that is still in your heart needs to be removed. You should look at an enemy and a sinner with the eyes of the cross and have compassion for the salvation of their souls. Your promotion is not as important as the person Jesus came to die for. You rather remain a level 2 staff and people are saved than you become a manager and that man dies and goes to hell. Reconfigure your Christianity. If anybody has to die for you to walk in the goodness of God, you haven't understood the true nature of God. Say amen. You know anytime time you say amen, you say you agree. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2 verse 13. I'm not saying amen. Again. <laughs> Hebrews two. But you understand that? Do you understand that? Stephen was being stoned to death. What did he say? He says, forgive them. Do not count this charge against them. Hey! For they don't know what they're doing. How can you say they don't know what they're doing? Can I tell you something? Stephen was not a disciple that worked with Jesus. Jesus said that same thing on the cross to those who persecuted him. The apostles taught Stephen to the point that when Stephen was dying, he said the same words Jesus said. He was well taught. You know, if someone is turning us to death now, Eh? Forgive them is not the first prayer. Yet. As you are stoning me, your great grandchildren, somebody will stone them. Your children, I mean, we will we, we extend the cause. He said, did you stop in gratitude? He said, no, he said, add two more generations. Okay. <laughs> and then your pastor will say, if I be a man of God, as they have stoned you, they will stone. I mean, I mean. All our powers are evil. We just boast in death, wickedness, chaos. Is you know, that guy left my church, since he left my church and left my coverings, he has not been able to pay his rent. What do you gain from the suffering of another human? Just to add to your number in church? Doesn't make sense. If you truly love the people, you want them to do well. Unknown to us, our doctrines have fested hatred and wickedness in our heart that we need to repent of. Are you still here? Hebrews two fourteen. Hebrews 2.14. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Hebrews 2.14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at this. Interesting. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself likewise also partook of the same. That means Jesus had to become flesh and blood that through death he might render powerless. What, What did he do? Let's say it loud and clear. Render what? Amen. Render what? Amen. Is this the word of God? Do we agree with this? What did he do to Satan? Render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Child of God. What did Jesus do to Satan? Rendered him what? Amen. I didn't hear that. He rendered him what? Amen. Can we shout that loud and clear? What did he render Satan? Amen. Do you agree with this? Jesus became man to disarm Satan. Are you hearing this now? Praise God. Render him powerless. To render powerless means to strip of his power. Powerless means less power. No power. Zero power. It's got no power. It's like uh, many years ago. I, I, I not, I'm not afraid of dogs anymore. I've conquered that. Many years ago, <laughs> you know, someone listened to my message some time ago, when I about and I used to was scared of dogs. And then he listened to one of my recent messages. Say, oh, not. and said, "How about that?" I said, "No, no, no. We've conquered that fear." All right. So those days, when I used scared of dogs. We had this place we're going, and every time we're going, the dogs will be backing. Dogs will be backing. Right? We're on until one day we discovered that the dog was in chains. Oh boy. That dog, oh boy. You know, I thank God that I'm a preacher. I'm sure I would have been a very wicked person. That day, when we discovered the dog was in chain, and the owners were not around, I told my friend, this dog will have saw truth today. <laughs> we'll do the dog like this, we bark, rah, 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 rah. We relax when he's tired we we'll do it again i mean for one hour the dog barked until he got tired today because he's been rendered powerless are you hearing what i'm saying if i was running it would be because of my ignorance knowing that the dog cannot bite knowing that the dog cannot run from the shame of course knowing that the shame was trustworthy we we, we harass the dogs We turned back the oppression. We were not the ones running any longer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We threw stones. We threw whatever we can. We made it back. We did as if we were going to climb. We did all kinds of things. Constant backing. Keep backing. Keep backing. Until the guy got tired. That's what you do to the devil. Knowing that God has rendered him powerless. Whatever he's trying to do in your life, you put the pressure of the word of God. You put pressure of faith. Until Satan says, you know what? I'm done. Not getting up today. I don't know what is happening in my life. Huh? My life is just going this way. You how can you watch your life go this way? Bring it this way. How can you watch your life destroy? I don't just know what is happening. Anything I put my hands will not work. What? Whatsoever he do, it prospers. Nothing dies in my hands. Whatever I do, multiplies. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. The greater one is on the inside of me. How can you watch your life destroy? Then you now say you are doing dry fasting. You will die quickly. Fasting does not cure ignorance. Rather, it multiplies it because the small energy you should have used to read the Bible, you don't have it any longer. So you are just praying all kinds of prayer. Lord, help me. Father, help me. Father, help me. Father, help me. He say, Pray something. I don't even know what to say. Oh, just help me, Father. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. You confess things you have not done. Even if I have sinned and I didn't plan to, Father. Even the ones I have plan- like. <laughs> uh, you know, God just looks at you and says, who is this? Who gave birth to this one? Eh? Yeah? And I like all the very charismatic things we do. Now say, go to the altar, go to the altar. You know, you just roll this. Say, roll seven times. You roll this way, you roll this way. You know, and angels will just be wondering. You know, they actually think you're acting comedy. They say, come, 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 see somebody. Say, I want to praise God so that the wall of Jericho will come down. Did he send you and i march around, and I march around your compound? Your landlord will soon, will soon drive you. Because you are behaving weirdly. your landlord is planning for you right now take this as a word of knowledge you are behaving like an abnormal person when people are sleeping you are up shouting when nobody's in the combat you are marching around you are marching around muttering words that they do not understand you will soon be driven soon they will tell you look for where your landlord is eating and put the anointing away you will soon be entering (laughs) okay (laughs) verse 15 you will soon be entering your black kitchen, trying to put and they will catch you you would you will tell them who taught you that because the way we are going since we have started submitting people's pictures there's no end to where this thing is going to what is your boss picture doing in your bible what are you a witch They are praying you are lifting people's picture up. Not your family member. Because you want the anointing to touch them in a strange way. Repent of your wickedness. Nobody is the reason why you are down. Nobody. God has not placed your life. God will will be insane to place your life in the hands of another man. Jesus said, I chose to lay my life down. He says, no one can take it away from me. How do you think God will create me? And put my life in the hands of my brother. What about if he changes his mind? Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, your life is hid with Christ in God. Hmm? Look at this. There's water in this cup, right? I'm saying some of you, I hope you don't think I'm drinking something. <laughs> See, after he drinks that cup, the way he shouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Tony, it's Tony that puts the water. So there's water in the cup, right? And the cup is covered. If I have to put this cup, uh, help people, don't worry. My, my shirt is clean. If I have to put this cup here, the water is hid in the cup in my jacket. That means if you want to touch the water, what's the first point of contact? The jacket. And then what? The cup before you get to the water. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Two layers of protection. That's why Satan could not touch Job. He says there is a wall of protection around. Listen to me, child of God. (laughs) Satan cannot touch you if you don't want to be touched. But some of you want to be touched. That's where the problem is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know I'm telling you this. Nobody is your problem. Not even the devil. The day you choose to make progress, that day you make progress. Why? Because the price for your liberation has been paid. Amen. Alright. So, verse 15. We're in Hebrews chapter 2. Why did all this happen? And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So Jesus did all this. Remember, remember this. Jesus did not do all of this for himself. He did it for us. And we must take advantage of it. Hallelujah. We must take advantage of it. He says he did this to free those who were through the fear of death, subject to slavery all their life. Praise God. Are you still here? Okay. John 12, 31 let me go through a couple of scriptures are you getting blessed this morning all right john 12 thank you lord jesus do we read colossians okay we'll get back there we'll we'll get there um john 12 31 thank you jesus (laughs) praise god forevermore john 12 31 look at this now judgment is upon this world now the ruler of this world will be cast out Hmm? Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Judgment is upon this world. The ruler of the world will be cast out. When Adam sinned, he gave his authority to Satan. Sold out. But by redemption, Jesus paid the price. That's why Satan tempted Jesus again in the wilderness. And he overcame. And that overcoming was for us hallelujah praise the name of the lord all right colossians chapter um let me check something here quickly colossians chapter one come with me to verse 13 colossians 1 13 oh hallelujah glory to god glory to god thank you lord jesus colossians 1 13 for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. We were transferred from the kingdom. Go back to verse 13. We were transferred. We were rescued. Put the NLT version for me. For he rescued, for he has rescued us, NLT, for he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And, and, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his death. So we've been transferred. We're no longer under the ruler of darkness. We're no longer under that domain. Lightfoot translation say yes by a strong arm he rescued us from the lawless tyranny of darkness removed us from the land of our bondage and settled us as free citizens in our new and glorious home where his son the offspring and the representative of his love is king we've been rescued we've been delivered he that the son sets free is free indeed not free small is free indeed generational curses are not your problem stop behaving like your father generational curses are not your problem stop behaving like your mother you are now a new creation in christ jesus think like a christian the most detribalized person you should ever meet in this world is a christian that's the truth a child of God should not think tribes. Should not think ethnicity. Should not. You, you say you should. You should. You should think kingdom. i some of the most tribal people you can ever meet. Who? I'm found in church. I go to several nations of the world to preach. And I've stayed in people's homes, eaten in people's homes. They've taken me in like brothers and families, done stuff for me, all because of Jesus. Never knew them from Adam. There are some of you I've done stuff for. I don't even know where you're from. And it's very deliberate. Sometimes, I, I mean, some of the closest people to me, I don't know where they came from. I know some of you are just thinking, ah, you don't know. So if they die, uh-huh, again, <laughs> funeral, see, that's where you're going. How will you know the address to help to support the barrier? <laughs> every funeral card has an address. I've told you never be motivated in this life by death. Because hmm? that's the motivation they place in front of us. Marry on time so that before you die, your children would have grown up. Send your children to a good school so that when you die, you have every your motivation is not life, it's death. And you need to watch that. Because death thoughts produce death. Are you still here? Revelation twelve 9. Let's go through a few more scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let me see if I can do this very quickly. Revelation chapter 12. Are you, are you getting blessed? Say amen if you're getting blessed. All right. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Some good stuff for you. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Did you see that? He deceives the whole world. So I want you to start paying attention as I began to drop this on the description of Satan. How the Bible describes Satan. In fact, you rarely see the Bible describe Satan in terms of power. The Bible always describes Satan in terms of deception. And see, if we now describe Satan in terms of power, we have already been deceived. Which means he has succeeded in making us see who he is not instead of seeing him for who he is. There's nowhere in the scripture where you'll find Satan described in terms of power. He's always described in terms of deception. That's why I talked about mastering Satan's deception. And see, if we don't understand that, we will ascribe power that he does not have to him and be under his bondage, which means his tactics has worked against us again. Glory to God. Amen. I remember when, um, when um, Pastor Mary was pregnant with um, Caris, I went to buy some baby things. So, you know, I was talking to... Very <laughs> funny story. I was talking to, to the lady. I was trying to find out something, things, so, you know. And so, she's like, when, uh, when are you expecting... You? So, I was trying to just find out. Well, I just wanted to be a good husband. So, it's finding what they need and all that. So that's why sometimes when you try to do certain things, you, you just end up. You know, so she was asking me, so I said, oh, so, 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 so date, she, we're expecting the baby so-so date. <laughs> don't say, don't say. <laughs> she was an older lady, you know, I married quite early, so I was pretty young then. So I got home, I was telling her that, look at what happened in my shopping experience. I say, ah, don't tell when, you, when your wife will give birth so that people will not know. And go and that what is it now? What is it? The doctor knows. <laughs> Why are you fooling yourself? The doctor, is it not the doctor that wrote the date for you? Is that not a human being? Or the doctor is clean? Do you get what I'm trying to do? You see, if you put these religious things through critical thinking, it doesn't skate through. That's why we are losing intellectuals in church. We're not losing intellectuals in church because they, they don't really want to serve God. It's just because we're almost making a fool of ourselves. You say, okay, don't tell somebody when you want to give birth, so that they will not scatter your destiny. And the doctor is the one writing the thing for you. The assistant nurse, sorry, I'm not a medical person, so I don't know what happens in the hospital. But the assistant nurse has eh? the file. Eh? Then when you now go for antenata, is the, is the record person that has the fire. So, your date of birth, like four people already have it. Meanwhile, you are keeping quiet here. If you are not wise, you will make a fool of yourself as a Christian. You will be in bondage. A child that God gave to you. I say, yes, but there is this woman. You always have a story that opposes the Bible. What is your problem? There's always one story. And you know where a lot of those stories came from? Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Are you hearing this? Have you you heard? Have you read in the book of Hebrews? The Bible says women receive their dead back to life. This one was not that they were trying to give birth and the children... No, the kids were dead and they said, no, you're coming back to life. That's the heritage we have. The heritage of raising the dead. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Okay. John 8, 44. John eight forty four. 44. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter 8. <laughs> verse 44 i want you to live here feeling a thousand times stronger on your inside hallelujah and setting people free glory to god john 8 44 it says you are of your father the devil jesus was speaking to them and you want to do the desires of your father he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth he says because there is no truth in him whenever look at this look at this can you read that church let's read it together you can look at the board everybody let's read it together if you can see it whenever want to go whenever he speaks a lie he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies did you see how jesus describes satan so you see why all those things you are hearing during deliverance is not true i said do you see why all those things you are hearing is not true Satan's nature is lie. He is the father. When you mean the father of lies, is the Greek word Abba. It means is the source of lies. He does not have the... Give me the amplified version. He does not have the capacity to speak the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he's a liar himself. And the father of lies, and of all that is false so listen to this let me let me let me quickly rush this listen to this whatever satan tells you is not the truth about you okay some of you didn't get it when satan looks at you and says you are going to die what is that it's a lie when satan looks at you and says you're not going to make it what is that when satan looks at you and says you're not good enough what's that Don't pay attention to what Satan says. It's a lie. A lie believed is empowered. Are you still here? Okay. Now, what does a liar do? He deceives. Schemes. That's what a liar does. If, for instance, uh, uh, somebody lied to you and took a lot of money from you, a a liar, um, let me put it this way, When you say armed robbery, right? Armed robbery is armed robbery. You understand what armed robbery is? Okay. It's only me that knows what armed robbery is. (laughs) Do you know what armed robbery is? Mm -hmm. Do you know what kidnapping is? Okay. So you all you all have to do that with, (laughs) not you, but they all have to do that with words, with arms at some point, right? Forcing you to give your precious possessions. You know what 419 is? Do you know what 419 is? Do you know what yahoo yahoo is? Don't pretend like you don't know. What's it called? Scam. Fraud. Swindling. How does that work? Intellectualism. You should be the pastor of this church. Very, very, very important. Intellectual deception. That's very important. I like that word. Intellectual deception because a scam takes place in the mind. That's the answer to my message. What Satan does is intellectual deception. Deceives you in your mind. That is why the antidote to mastering Satan is Romans 12. Be transformed. By the word Renewing of your mind. And that is what Christians don't want. There, is, there are 66 books in front of you. You won't read it. There are teachings you won't listen. It's the renewing of our mind that gives us the truth and the liberation against Satan. Let me go quickly. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 2.11. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Don't forget that word, intellectual deception. Right? Second Corinthians two eleven. And if you've ever been scammed, all right, or if you have ever scammed someone, whatever side of the equation you fall into, you will realize that it is you give them a bait. And conversation starts, discussion starts, letters are exchanged, words starts. What's happening? And that's how Satan deceives people. Conversation. What happened to Eve in the garden? Did God really say? And Eve said, Ah, I was even thinking. And conversation started. How does Satan get into our heart? Throws a word. You respond. What's happening? Your mind. You are just reasoning. You reason this, reason this, reason out of the will of God. Reason, 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 reason. Before you know, you've bought his lies. Praise God. 2 Corinthians uh, 2.11, I said, please. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Look at what it says. It says, so that no advantage will be taken of us by Satan. Look at the word advantage. So that no advantage will be taken of us by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Give me the NLT. Give me the NLT. It says, so that Satan will not outsmart us. What is the word outsmart? What what? What comes to mind when you talk about outsmart? Okay, where does, where does the word smartness play? When I say someone is smart, what do you think I'm talking about? The mind, right? Come on. Those of you in this Baptist church, are you here? Alright. You're not saying anything. Are you here? Are you here? That's better. Okay, where does smartness take place? Mind. So if I say somebody is smarter than you, what am I referring to? Am I referring to Their power? Am I referring to their weight? Am I referring to their height? What am I referring to? So if the Bible says that Satan will not outsmart us, what do you think Paul is referring to? A mind. For we are are familiar with his evil schemes. Now that word, that word, um, schemes, it's the Greek word that speaks of, it's called noema, it speaks of thought and mind. It's used only six times in the scripture, right? Speaks of mind, speaks of thought, speaks of design, speaks of plot, right? It's used six times in the scripture. It's used in 2 Corinthians 2.11, where it talked about so that we're not attweeted by Satan, for we're not ignorant of his designs. It's used in Second Corinthians 3.14, but their minds were hardened, that word mind there. Um, it's used in Second Corinthians 4.4, 4. the God of this world had blinded their minds, Okay, it's used in 2 Corinthians 10:15, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. It's used in 2 Corinthians 11:3, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It's used in Philippians 4:7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind listen to me child of god if you want to win victory over satan this year your mind is key your mind is key all right so two scriptures then i'll close here or three scriptures and i'll close here okay so because of our time first timothy 2 14 and adam was not deceived and adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in transgression. So we understood that what happened in the Garden of Eden was deception. Was deception. And the deception came by play of words. Came by play of words. Okay? Now go to 2 Corinthians 11.3. That's Second that's Corinthians chapter 11 and go to verse 3. It says, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, Paul writing again. Your minds, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. This is Satan's tactics. It takes us from the simplicity and the devotion to Christ to the finished work of Christ. Your mind is led astray. Just as Eve was deceived, how was Eve deceived? The scriptures were twisted. The scriptures were twisted. The words of God were twisted. How was Jesus being tempted? Scriptures were quoted half. Scriptures were quoted out of context. That's why I tell you, understanding proper interpretation of scripture is big. Because once a scripture is taken out of context, you can be coined. Right? Look at what what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 11. Um, Go to verse 13. Still verse 13. Look at what Paul said. For such men. Right? For such men. (laughs) Oh God. For such... Let's go to verse 4 quickly. Verse 4. Go back to verse 4 please. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached... Or you receive a different spirit which you have not received. Or a different gospel which you have not accepted. You bear this beautifully. He was saying that, Paul was saying that, you see, you, when people come and preach all kinds of mysteries to you, you accept it. You know, as we are preaching now, it's too simple. How can you say Jesus died? Satan was rendered powerless. Therefore, Satan does not have power over us. You don't know African demons. It's too simple. But if a man comes here and says, I want to tell you about seven ways to free yourself from intergenerational ballastic causes, say, hey, this 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 will be heavy. Say, number one, trace your father's roots. Say, "Mm, I've never seen it like that before. Which father's village in Africa does not have tree? Which father's village in Africa does not have a pot? A little knowledge of history will tell you that all our fathers had pots. Except your father was a lazy man. But if your father was a real man, everybody drank from pots. I said, everybody, including your great-great-grandfather, drank from pots. If we go and dig your house now, the chances of finding a pot is high. And it has nothing to do with you. It's just pots. If you are bold enough, you can even use it to drink water. I know some of you still run from the village. And you see, oh God, I need to close you see, eh? you see, sometimes that's why the school we go to, sometimes I don't understand it. Because a man refuses to go to the village because he doesn't want to die. Then he will now be telling the story of another man that was abroad and witches crippled him and they had to bring him back. Abroad, brought Australia to your village and Bonnie to your village. Which one is closer? Did that not tell you that they flew past you when they were going to Australia? You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because religion really makes us just... Do you understand what I'm saying? That that village you are refusing to go, if they want to hold you. Because they have crossed your roofs every time. They are just looking at you and say, we are, not, we are not ready for you. Okay, okay. Then that same preacher will stand up and say, in the realm of the Spirit, there is no time. There is no space. So why are you telling them not to go to the village? If there's no time and space in the realm of the spirit, it doesn't matter whether you are in the village or not. You see it now? So, if you are somebody who reasons and you sit down in that, after a while, just tell yourself, these preachers, they the after money. Because you'll likely be correct. Because that message is not going to end with a seed. Say, hold something in your hand. Something. So, if you are 40 years old, hold 40,000. So, so, your life now. Is 1,000 per year. You see how low your, your blood is? 1,000 per year, 1,000 per year, 1,000 per year, 1,000 per year. Then the funny thing is that some of you who are 30, don't even have 30,000. They now say, but you see, you see now, even at 30, you don't have 30,000. That means they are really dead with your kids. Add two, two fifty on top. Because you know, you have to, you have to backtrack so that we we'll do the work faster. They say, for it to be an international destiny, change it to foreign currency, the man has cashed out. (laughs) But you know what Paul said? Paul now said, we preach the truth to you. You don't give. He says, but those who deceive you are the ones you give to. And you know what the Lord said? He said, my people like to have it so. That's why churches with false doctrine will always have more people. It makes them have something to do. Are you here? Where am I again? Verse 14. Verse 13. Paul says, let me just even read it so that you follow. Let me read it. There's nowhere you are going to. Let me read it. Don't worry, I'll go to what I call next Sunday. Let me finish this one. Verse verse 4. He said, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you bear this beautifully. For I consider myself not in the least inferior to the most eminent apostles. Right? But even if I'm unskilled in speech, yet I'm not so in knowledge. In fact, in every way we have made this evident to you all sins. Or, did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted? Because I preach the gospel of God to you without charge. He said, is it because you know, because sometimes When certain things happen, you seem as if those apostles are preaching one heavy truth. Paul says, no, we didn't commit a sin by humbling ourselves before you. Then look at what he says. He says, and when I was present with you and was in need, I was not a burden to anyone. For when the brethren came from Macedonia, they fully supplied my need. And in everything, I kept myself from being a burden to you. And we continue to do so. One of the tests of a genuine minister of the gospel is that he will not be a burden to you, even if he has needs. Go on. He says, as the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of uh, of Archer. Go to verse 13. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of what? Lights. So the deception of Satan will not just come from a traditional worshipper. He can disguise as an angel of light. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why it's important for us. Right? To be sober and vigilant. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil is a royal lion. Seeking whom to destroy. How are you sober? Your mind. Your mind. Your mind. Be alert. Be sober in the spirit. He's looking for who to devour. Let me close because of our time. Child of God, get into the word of God. Let the fear of Satan stop in your life permanently. He has been rendered powerless. We have the victory in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for the truth of God's word. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. I take authority over the powers of darkness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I curse, I curse every manipulative spirit in the lives of your people. And I pray that the truth of redemption will be released right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Are you blessed? Say loud amen if you are.